Hello? Well, it's good to be speaking today, Pastor Ryan, Kelly, great to have you guys back. Uh, welcome back. Um, I'm doing second part of a two-week series on hearing God. And uh, anytime any type of survey is done in a church, any, all the data I've ever read, if you were to survey people on what subject they uh, would be most interested hearing, like what is like really pressing on their mind, everything I've always read, it's always about um, knowing what the will of God is, like being able to hear God, being able to know what God wants, being able to respond to him. And, and, and following him and being, being in his will. And so that's what we're talking about today. And so I know it's something just by the data that's out there that's close to each of our hearts. And, and we really want him to, uh, to develop that in us. And grateful for you guys that are joining online. And, and uh, I pray that this will bless you guys as well. And I'm, I'm, so last week I started by, um, in the book of John talking about, John 10, talking about hearing the Lord is like, sheep following a shepherd. And it's in another passage, it's like a key that opens doors. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to cover those again today, but I would just say, if you didn't listen to last week's sermon, it was, it would be very helpful for you to go back and listen to it and listen to second service because I did a better job last week, second service. So I didn't tell first service that. So if you have an option, pick second service and and, uh, but just li- because it lays the foundation for what I'm talking about. And the foundation is, the bottom line, is that hearing God is based out of a relationship. It's not a map that he hands us. It's not a GPS that's, okay, here's this step, here's that step, here's this step. It is walking in relationship with him. And, and that's what it's all based on. And, and so today, I'm going to talk about hearing God is like a seed planted in the ground. And... And, and so it's found in story in, in Mark chapter 4. And I'm going to summarize uh, this, this story for you. But if you want to look at it, if you want to read it today, it's in Mark chapter 4. So this is how, so Jesus is telling this story. And he says that, he said that the word, that the story is like that there's a farmer who goes out and he's casting seed. And as he casts this seed, uh, some fall, there's four different types of ground. Some falls on hard ground. And as soon as the seed, the seed lands on this ground, the birds of the air come and they take the seed and they steal it away. There's another kind of soil. The, the seed comes and it lands and, it, and it, get, it, penetrates, it penetrates the dirt and it starts to, to spring up. But because of the rocks and because of the sun, that it gets going, but then it dies out. And he said, there's another kind of soil. And this kind of soil, the seed gets in, it starts to grow, but there's thorns in the soil. And the thorns choke, choke this, this, this plant that's growing, and it dies off. And then he said, there is a fourth kind of soil. And this is a good soil. And the seed comes, and it infiltrates, it gets into the dirt, and it grows, and it produces some 30, some 60, and some 100 times, just a great harvest. And so his disciples, they go to him, they're like, Jesus, can you help us understand this? And he was like, hey, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Maybe you've heard that. It's, it's a verse that is repeated in Scripture. Because he really wants him to get it. Isn't that what we want? Like, we want ears to hear what, what God is saying to us. So he goes, so let me really explain this parable to you. Because he said, this is like the foundational story. He goes, if you don't get this, you're not going to get all the other stuff that I'm trying to teach you. 
And so he begins to, he begins to explain it to him. And he said, this is how the, the story goes. The, the, the farmer in this is, is the Lord, and he's casting seed. And the seed is his word. Okay, and he, and he, and, but it, this, this word goes forth, but it lands on four kinds of soil, he tells us. One is on hard ground, and Satan, the birds represent Satan. He comes and he steals that word before it has a chance to, to, to really take root. That's the hard soil. And he goes, and then there's the rocky soil, and that's where the word of the Lord comes. And it gets started, but because of tr- trouble, because of persecution, because of the difficulty that comes in response to that word, it starts out, it starts out good, but then it dies off. And he goes, and there's another kind of soil. And this kind of soil is, it's good soil because it begins to grow, but yet there's thorns in that soil. And the thorns are the worries of this world, the cares of this life, uh, the pursuit of wealth. And it, and it chokes out the word of the Lord and it doesn't bear fruit. He said, but there's a fourth kind of soil. And this is a good soil. It's a prepared soil. And in this soil, um, it grows. There's not rocks. There's not thorns. And it produces some 30, some 60, and some 100 times over. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going we're to break this story down, and we're really going to look at the different parts. And so the first part are the seeds. The seeds are the words of the Lord. That's the word of the Lord. And so I want to talk a little bit about what this means, the word of the Lord. Uh, the word here in the Greek in this story is the word logos. And, and that has two, really it has two different meanings. Uh, the word logos, the first one is, it's Jesus himself. In, in John chapter one, it's a famous passage. We actually just sang it earlier today. It says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And he was with God in the beginning and through him, all things were made. And without him, nothing was made that has been made. And so he is the word. Uh, and so in the beginning, he was the word. In, in creation, in Genesis 1, we have God the Father who speaks forth the word, who is Jesus himself, and he creates the universes. He creates light. He creates all of that, and it's done by his breath, which is the Holy Spirit. That's what Holy Spirit means in that Hebrew language. So we see here, even at the beginning that, that everything happens through Jesus, through the word. And so he is the word of God in person, but also scripture refers to the word that's been revealed, which we now have collected in what we call our Bible in scripture, which is also referred to as the Logos. This is the word. It's, it's, it's both of those things, but there's also another word that's used in scripture of the word. Uh, one is Logos, which is Jesus himself, which is also what we would call the Bible. But the other one is the word Rhema. And what rhema literally means is utterance or spoken. But practically what it means is that when the word of God comes alive to you, when you get it, when it's spoken to you, when it reaches your heart. And that's a lot of what we're talking about when we're talking about hearing the Lord. We're talking about um, encountering Jesus, Jesus leading to us, leading us, Jesus speaking to us, his word speaking to us. But it's also the application of his word. It's also the revelation that comes with the word of the Lord. It's like when when in, in Luke 1, where the angel comes to Mary and says that she is carrying the word himself, Jesus. And so she comes to him and she responds to the angel, says, may it be to me according to your words. That's that rhema word that's used in the Greek. Uh, another place, uh, uh, when Jesus was tempted in the, uh, in the wilderness and, and he quotes back the scripture, 
And he says to, the, to Satan, he said, well, he's trying to tempt him. He says, he said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Father. That's that word, Raymond. That's, that it was, he had revelation to it. He, he fully got it. Um, we're told that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. And that's that rhema word. That's where his word comes alive. It's like, have you ever been reading your Bible and you're reading it and like, it's like all of a sudden a verse, it's like the font is bigger. Like it like stands out on the page and you're like, oh my gosh, how have I never seen this before? You, you know what I'm talking about? Have you experienced it? That's that rhema word. That's when it's really coming alive. It's, you've seen it, you've seen it, you've seen it, but then one day you see it. You've heard something, you've heard, you've heard, you've heard, you've heard, but then one day you hear it. That's what I'm talking about. That's this, this seed. So the seed comes through the word of God. It comes through Jesus himself and also comes through what he wants to speak to us. Now, now, if it doesn't agree with this right here, I know I talked about this last week. I don't want to just over and over. So let me say it for a millionth time that everything has to line up with this, with the word of God, the whole counsel of God, that this is a sure word of prophecy. And so we look at it in this light, but we also, we're also talking about the Lord speaking to us in very practical ways uh, through his word, but also through his Holy spirit in our lives. And so, so, so how does he speak? Well, Jesus speaks to us. He comes to us and speaks to us through the Holy spirit. He speaks to us through his word but can I also suggest that God can speak to us any way he wants to? Any way he wants to. Right? He's God, right? Can we all be in agreement on that today? He's God. We're not. He can do anything he wants. He can speak to us any way he wants. Somebody emailed me a question last week. Oh, which reminds me, we have a number on the screen. Sorry, I forgot. If you'll put that up there, those of you online, we have a, if you have any questions about this morning, um, feel free to text this number and We'll do our best to, to answer these questions. Um, but I got a question emailed to me this last week about last week's sermon. This is what the question was. It says, do you think God speaks in ways you know? If he knows you may be limited in his word and are growing in your relationship, does he speak to you on your level? Let's say maybe a worship song or a phrase that leads you to seek more. Or a, a, a passage, you kind of know a passage from the Bible. So you, you Google search that phrase and you... And you look for that path. Can God speak to you in these different ways? And my response to that is absolutely. It's, it's like when you talk to your kids or you talk to your grandkids, right? Like I have a 25-year-old uh, child, and I think she's 25. And, uh, and then I have a, a four-year-old grandson. I know exactly how old he is. Uh, and, and so I talk to my four-year-old grandson different than I talk to my 25-year-old daughter, right? I mean, they're at different maturity levels, but I know them personally. And so I talk to them in a way that they'll understand me. And so it is with our heavenly father. He, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. He has created you. He knows how to get your attention. He knows how to talk to you. And he may talk to you different than he talks to me because he created you with a different personality than, than he created me. If I, if I put you to my standard or me to your standard, well, that wouldn't be fair because we're all unique. We're all individual and we're all at different places. Does that mean we don't continue to grow in his word? No, we absolutely continue to grow in that. That gives him more and more and more material to work with in our life. But, we, uh, but I totally believe he can talk to us any way he wants. He, he can talk to us through sermons or maybe one part of a sermon. Maybe there's one verse or one phrase and it just like hits you. And, and you, it, just, it just like your heart gets warmer. You just, like you, just, oh, you just know that's for you. That's the Lord speaking to you. 
Somebody may give you a prophetic word. I may give you a word of knowledge. They know something that you, there was just no way they would know in the natural, natural way. And God can speak to us through that, absolutely. Through nudges, through thoughts. Last week, I gave uh, multiple examples of just thoughts and just how the Lord can lead us in that way as our shepherd. And he can do ideas, visions, and dreams, pictures that come to your mind. All different kinds of ways. Roman 1 said he has revealed himself to mankind through nature. God can speak to you through nature. I mean, he can, the whole world is at his disposal. He can speak to us any way he wants. Uh, There's a story in the Old Testament about a guy named Balaam who had a donkey, and God actually spoke through a donkey. I mean, if God can talk through a donkey, he can talk to any of us, can't he? He just can. And so, Let's don't limit the way God, let's, let's have ears to hear what he's saying. So in this parable, all the seed is good seed. It's all good seed. The parable really gets down to the condition of the soil and what our hearts are like. So there's four kinds of soil I want to talk about this morning. The first kind is the hard path. And the reason I call it a hard path is because when we look at this farmer in this story, it wasn't this gigantic 40-acre farm like what we would see today or even larger than that. Some of our farms are just huge. This would have been more like a a personal garden. Uh, This would have been, you know, it was agrarian society. Everybody grew crops. And so it had been like a a garden behind the house. And you don't, how many of you don't like walk through the garden, do you? No, you walk around the garden. And so as you'd walk around, uh, it would create a hard path. And so what this story is saying is that as the farmer was scattering the seed, it would land on this hard path. And so then the Birds would come and they'd snatch it up. And Jesus was saying, this is like us who have hard hearts. And if we have a hard heart, that, that the word of God is not able to penetrate that, and Satan will come and steal it. And it won't have the effect it's supposed to have. Now, I'm not trying to, I don't like the word hard heart, because it sounds like I'm saying you're mean or I'm mean. And that's not when I say a hard heart, I don't mean a hard heart like you're a mean person or you're a bad person. That's, that's, that's not the, the, con- the connotation that I'm indicating. What I mean is that there's been a lot of traffic on it. It's become hard through traffic, right? The more you walk on dirt, it's going to become almost like a sidewalk, isn't it? Because of how it's trafficked, of how it's walked on. And our hearts can become like that. Our hearts through the busyness of life, through just the noise, our phones, all the, the information that we have, all the stuff, the crazy pace of what we live life. As Pastor Ryan was referring to earlier, it can create a hardness that makes it hard for the word of the Lord to penetrate it, those, that still small voice, those nudges that he gives. Because, right, we want God to like hit us over the head with a two by four with his word. So there's just no way we can miss it. And God just 99.9999999% of the time doesn't talk to us that way. It's usually in a still, small, quiet thought, a nudge, a verse, an encouragement. And if, and if our hearts are trafficked, if our hearts are hard, so to speak, of not being soft and not being pliable, not being open, then we're going to miss the word that the Lord has for it, and it's not going to take root. So why don't we hear what the Lord is saying? So if, if, if the seed getting in the ground and producing fruit is us hearing the Lord, why doesn't it happen? Well, there can be multiple different reasons. One could be because we, we don't hear him because we don't expect him to speak. 
We're not expecting the Lord to speak. We're living our life kind of in our own way, in our own knowledge, and the, we're doing the best we can, and we're not really expecting God to speak into our life. And if we would change our mindset, if we would change our mentality that the Lord does want to speak to us, that he is active, that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that he still wants to speak to us today. Yes, he has given us his word. Yes, he has given this word to us, but he also wants to apply it to our hearts. He also wants to illuminate it. He also wants to, to give us direction, that he wants to lead us. He wants to guide us, that he has good for us, just as a shepherd leading his sheep in, in paths of righteousness and in the right path. But if we're not expecting him, then we won't hear him. We won't hear him if we're not listening. Do you know the Bible, uh, the word listen in the NIV is found over 400 times in the Bible. 400 times God says, hey, listen. Why do you think the word listen is in the Bible 400 times? Anybody want to take a guess? It's because we don't listen, right? He knew we needed to listen. So he's continually reminding us to listen, to listen, to listen. You know, it's, it's like the other day, Heather, she got mad at me when I responded to her. And she, what she said to me was she was, she said, what was the last thing I just said? What was the last thing I said? And you know what I, you know what I said to her? I said, that's a strange way to start a conversation. She got mad at me. Some of you guys are going to get that on the way home today. Another reason we don't hear the Lord is we, we're going to think that we're not going to like what he's going to say. That we're, we're, we, we have a, a misunderstanding of the heart of God, of the voice of God, the nature of God. And so we're predisposed to think that it's not going to be for our best interest, that it's not love, that it's not care. And I talked a lot about that last week, about how to know it's the voice. How to, what does his voice sound like? What does it not sound like? What does our, she, what does our shepherd sound like? And so we know that he only wants good for us all the days of our life. But if we begin to think of our hearts as a hardened soil of not being soft and open and pliable, and the enemy will come and he'll steal those things away. And so if we will begin to quiet ourselves, if we'll begin to, to slow down, it'll help that, that, that hardness to become soft and become pliable. Have you, ever no, have you ever noticed that sometimes God speaks in the most unusual times? Like, anybody, you guys ever have God talk to you in the shower or while you're mowing? or while you're maybe doing dishes, or maybe the middle of the night, or right before you go to sleep, or right when you wake up, or just like at the oddest times. Why does he do it? It's because we've actually stopped long enough for him to speak. And he speaks in those moments. And so, you know, there's a, there's a story in uh, first, first Kings chapter 18 and 19. You can take note of it and read it later. It's a really cool story. It's one of my favorite stories as a, as a young man. Um, growing up, because I like stories where in the Bible where people died. I just thought it was cool. And so there's a lot of people that die in this story, so I loved it growing up. And the story is there's this, there's this show-off. It's like at the OK Corral, right? But it's between um, Elijah and God and the prophets of Baal, and Baal's a false god, and he had false prophets. And so they're, who's the real god in town? And so they have this, this contest, and they prepare these sacrifices. They slaughter cows. They, like, get it all ready. Elijah covers his in water. Uh, these guys, these false prophets, they, they cry out to Baal. They worship. They cut themselves. They, they, like, they go to extremes, and nothing, nothing happens. Elijah calls out to God, 
He sends fire, boom, just consumes it. Everybody turns on these prophets. They, they, they destroy these 450 prophets, and, and it, just, it, it just changes everything. Well, the queen's name was Jezebel, and she, I mean, how many of you know Jezebel? Like, we know, even if you don't know, don't know much about the Bible, you know the name Jezebel. Like, as, I hope there's nobody here named Jezebel, <laughs> but it's, it's, it has a negative connotation. Is that fair? Okay. That's just from this story. Like, it's from who this person is. And, and, and so uh, she starts, she sends assassins to kill Elijah. And so he flees, he starts running. And as he runs, uh, he gets tired, he gets depressed. He, he almost becomes suicidal. God sends ravens uh, to bring him food. He sustains him. He travels for 40 days to Mount Sinai, which is where uh, Moses received the 10 commandments and he's hiding out. And God comes to him in his place of hiding, and he speaks to him. And, and I'm so grateful that even in the course of life, when even I'm hiding from the conditions of life or the stuff in life, that God knows where I am. And he knows where you are. Whatever's going on, however difficult it may be, whatever Jezebel is following, whatever difficulty has it out for you, Know that God hasn't forgotten about you, that he loves you. He knows where you are, and he wants to speak to you. And so he comes to Elijah, and as he comes to him, um, he, he says, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to come to you. So as he comes to him, he sends, a, he sends a huge wind. This wind just blows, and it's crushing rocks. But the Bible says that God wasn't in that great wind. And then he sends an earthquake. The earthquake just shakes this mountain. But God wasn't in the earthquake. And then a great fire comes. And it says, but God wasn't in the fire. And what's interesting are those are ways that God had spoken to Elijah before. Those are ways that were documented. He had talked to his people before. And I think we can get in the habit of expecting God to speak to us the same way he's always spoken to us. And we have to be open and say, God, maybe you want to go about this a different way than you've ever done it before. And he does that with Elijah. And then this is what it says in... Um, 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 12. It says, And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face, and he went out and stood in the mouth of the cave. And then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? God met him right in that moment. But that word there, that gentle whisper, the Hebrew translation for that is the sound of sheer silence. The, what is the sound of sheer silence, Right? But he was in the sound of sheer silence. God was in that. I think one of the takeaways is we often expect God to speak in these big, pronounced, huge ways that we can't miss. But so often, at least in my life, he's in the sound of sheer silence. He's in those quiet moments. There's that little nudge. How, like how big is a seed, right? A seed is little. And it's so easy to discount a seed. But what is in that seed is what makes it powerful and in the right environment. And so sometimes what the Lord would say to you, you may not feel like it's much, but if we'll have hearts to receive it, if we will tend to it, if we will nurture it, that because it's his word, because it's what he's giving us, it will grow and fulfill what he wants it to fulfill and what he wants it to accomplish. I think another reason sometimes we don't hear is because we don't understand what he's trying to say. We have these preconceived ideas. You know, um, Solomon in the Old Testament, 
He said he was the wisest man, and that puzzles me because he had a thousand wives and 300 concubines. <laughs> that puzzles me. But I think the reason it says that is because God asked him, you can have anything you want, anything. What, what, what do you want? I mean, imagine if God asked you that, right? You can list all kinds of things. What he said was, in the original languages, what he asked for was a hearing heart, for an understanding heart, that he would understand. He would understand what the Lord wanted. You know, the gospel of Matthew says that in this story of the parable of the seed and the sower, that, that when the word comes, they didn't understand it. And because they didn't understand it, Satan was able to, to snag it away. And so we want to have that revelation of, of what he's saying to us. We want to understand. We want to hear it, hear it. We want to see it, see it. We want to really know it. It's not just a, I heard the word of the Lord. It's I'm hearing the word of the Lord. That's that understanding, that ongoing relationship with him, with his word and what he's wanting to do in our life, that we are attentive to the words of the Lord, that we don't just discount it. Oh, it's just, it's not much. No, there's so much in what the Lord is giving us, even if it doesn't seem like much at the time. So that's the first kind of soil. The second kind of soil is a rocky soil. Verse six says this. It says, others like seen seed sown on rocky places hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. You know, that's been me before. I, I, I am guilty of this. This has been me. I'll read something in scripture and I'll get all excited about it. I'm like, yeah. Or I'll hear a message and it's like exactly what I needed. Or somebody gives me a word of encouragement, a prophetic word. And I'm like, yeah. And a few weeks, a few months goes by and I'm like, now what was that? What was that verse I read? Where was it? What, what was that sermon I heard? That, that person gave me that, that verse what was it? Have you, have you ever been there? I, I've been there. I've been this person. That's a heart with rocky soil. Um, Matthew's account of this said, says that when the seed begins to grow, because of a lack of water in the sun, it gets scorched and it dies out. When we begin to receive leadings of the Lord, uh, promptings of the Lord, words from the Lord, from Scripture, from Jesus, the Holy Spirit begins to speak to us or maybe speaks to us to others, that we need to tend to that word. We need to, to water that word. We water it in prayer. We water it with scripture. We water it with worship. We water it with praying in the spirit. We water it with just sitting with that word in front of the Lord and asking him to just germinate it in our hearts of just to, to develop that. And then he goes on and says that because of trouble, when trouble or persecution comes because of that word, that it, it dies away. Have you ever faced, like, have you ever got a leading of the Lord? Has the Lord ever spoken something to you and then it got really hard after that to live it out? Man, I have. Maybe, maybe it's been times where you've heard a message and you have a clear word from the Lord of, of oh, man, this is, this is what I need to do. I'll just, I'll just, I'll pick tithing, right? Everybody likes to talk about tithing. So pastor preaches a great message on tithing and man, you're convicted. You're like, the Lord's, yeah, that's for me. This is great. I'm going to start tithing. And then the next month, your car breaks down, right? And it's like, oh no, what am I going to do? Um, or maybe you're in a, a situation with your with people in, in your life and friends, and, and they're just living lifestyles that are they're ungodly. And it's just not like the Lord just is like saying, you know, he's wanting you to live differently than that. And he's leading you in that. But you know 
that as you begin to follow him, it's going to cost you some friendships. And as you follow him, it does. It costs you friendships. Some people, their hearts are such, they respond to the Lord and they pursue him. Others, they don't. They fall away. The words of the Lord don't take root in their life because there's rocks there. Does, Does that make sense? Sometimes the Lord gives us stuff it's hard to do. And that's what he's saying. But when that happens, we have to respond in faith. There's a, so last June, I was down in, a, I was down in the Amazon, and we were, it was an awesome trip. Like, I mean, we went way, way back, way back in the jungle. And just, it was an awesome time, and you should come with us. And uh, it's, you really should, we're going to, our plan right now is to go back in July. I hope you can. It's safe. It's, it's, it's great. People, you know, sometimes worry about that, but it's not safe. It's amazing. We only killed four anacondas on that trip. I'm lying. I'm not lying. But we had had this, we had had this great trip and we're headed back to Porto Noreno and we're on the boat. And that is, it's a really great time when you're headed back. Um, you begin to think of air conditioning and food and, but no, it's just, you're just, it's just, you have this, just this sense of, of, of just thinking about what God's been doing. So we're doing that, and, and I remember I was, I was just, just listening to the, the hum of the boats and just enjoying it, and, and uh, Leonora is sitting in front of me, and she's one Allen's wife, who he was here a few months ago. There are ministry partners there. She was listening to worship music. I saw her had some headphones on. And so I'm just sitting there just enjoying the moment, and the thought comes to me, Jay, you should give Leonora your Bose headphones. So my first thought was, Get thee behind me, Satan. Because that can't be God. Because these headphones were special to me. Like, they were given to me by a very good friend when I accepted the position here as, as a missions pastor to come. He's like, anybody that's traveling a lot, you need, you need Bose headphones. Is what he, so he gave them to me, and I've loved them, and I would never buy those for myself. I knew there was no way I could replace them. And so I'm just, so I began arguing with God. You see, the word of the Lord came to me, but it caused trouble. That was those rocks in my heart. It caused trouble. And so I had to respond to the word of the Lord. And so I was doing that and I was arguing with him. I don't know if you've done that. So I was like, well, if the thought goes away, then I'll know it's not the Lord. <laughs> and then I'm so I'm, and so I, I brought a couple of pastors with me and one's name's Dallas. So I turned to Dallas. I'm like, Dallas, I said, uh, so I think the Lord might be asking me to give Leonore my Bose headphones, but I'm, I'm not sure it's him. And he starts laughing at me, and he, he knows it's the Lord. He's like, you're about to lose a pair of headphones. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm just, I, maybe I just am having um, speaker sympathy. You know, I just, maybe I know hers aren't as good, and so I'm just, you know, maybe I'm just, maybe it's just compassion, which would, that would be a good enough motivator itself, but it wouldn't be the Lord asking me to do it, right? Because then you have options, Right. I'm really trying to get out of this, guys. And so we, I said, well, maybe it'll go away. I'll just, you know, and it doesn't go away. And then we get back to the port. I think, okay, I need to go to the restroom. If I go and I pee, and then maybe, maybe this will go away. I seriously had that thought. <laughs> maybe I won't remember. Maybe I just have to pee, and then it'll go away. It didn't go away. We go to lunch. So we go to lunch, and, I'm, and I, I purposely left the headphones in the car, <laughs> thinking it might go away. I'm telling you, my soil was rocky. 
And I'm sitting there at lunch, and I'm about to get sick of my, like, I know, I know the time's coming. Like, it's the point of decision, because we're about to head to the airport. And she's not going to the airport with us. One Allen's taking us to the airport. And so I just, all right, God, I've said, if you're leading me to do something, I'm just going to do it, and I'll just trust you that, all right. So I go get the headphones, and I begin, and I I present it to her, and I just say, hey, I tell her a story if he gave it to me, and I just, I want, I feel like the Lord wants me to give these to you. I want you to have them. And she just starts crying. She knows what they are. She knows how valuable they are. She listens to music for hours and hours and hours up and down the Amazon. And so she's crying. I'm crying because she's crying and because I'm losing my headphones. (laughs) So we're all crying. And, And I'm telling you, like I see pictures now online and she has those earphones on. And I'm telling you, I couldn't be happier. The Lord replaced those earphones. He took care of me. He replaced them. But she's listened to them for thousands of hours. And, and she's listened to them so much that the foam, on, and those are good. Like the foam is worn out. They had to have them recovered. I didn't even know you could recover Bose headphones. They had the, bones, the Bose specialist in Bogota fix them. Like the, she is listening to worship music going up and down, the, thousands of miles on the Amazon, taking the gospel to unreached people groups. And, and I get to be a part of that because the Lord helped me get the rocks out. And so, but there's rocks in our heart. And so we have to tend to our heart. We tend to it. So how do we get the rocks out? It's kind of like tending a garden. I had a, had a pastor once give me some great marriage advice. He said, uh, he said, marriage, he said, marriage, the grass isn't greener on the other side. The grass is greener where you seed it, where you water it, where you get the rocks out, where you fertilize it. That, it has nothing to do with the fence. It has to do with how you take care of the soil. And just like that is in a marriage, so it is in our hearts. That as we tend to the soil of our hearts, as we pray, as we spend time in his word, praying in the spirit, worship, being in the right environments like this, obeying him, responding to his word, being committed to his will, whatever it is, those are the things that, that change the soil of our heart. The third kind of soil is the th- the thorny soil. Verse 18 says, still others like seed sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, take note of this, the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Isn't that true? Doesn't that happen in our life? the worries of life, all the stuff we worry about. That's why I like mission trips. You don't have any worries of life. There's no saws bill coming. If it does, you're not there. If the water gets turned off, it doesn't matter. You're not there, right? You just, it's just what's in front of you. You know, the saying is where they lead, I will follow. What they feed me, I will swallow, right? It's just, there's no worry. But we don't live on the mission field. We live right here in Stone Oak, and there's a lot of worries in this world that will try We'll try to just choke out what God's saying, what he's doing to us and, and for us. Worries of this world, they do, they choke it out, don't they? And look at this. It says the, de- the deceitfulness of wealth. Another translation says the lure of wealth. I know I got a southern accent, so I don't think I can say the word lure right. <laughs> but the lure of wealth. It's like a fishing lure. <laughs> now you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm from Oklahoma. I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> so it's a lure. 
if you, those of you who like to fish, you know what a lure is. It's something that looks like something else. It's, it's, a, it's a replica. It's, it's fake. It's not the real thing. So if you have a minnow lure, you know, you're, you're fishing along, and this thing is flashy. It's shiny. It gets the attention of the fish, and then they go for it. And, man, if that fish latches on, it is bad for the fish, isn't it? Because it's not what he thinks it is. And the pursuit of wealth can be like that. There's a deceitfulness of, of wealth. There's a, Jesus said, you can serve God or you can serve mammon, which means money. Like you can, but you can't serve both. And it doesn't mean that we're, we're stupid with money. I mean, John Wesley, who formed the Methodist church, he said, he said, make as much as you can, save as much as you can, and give as much as you can. Like, there's some real wisdom in that. The Bible says a prudent man up, stores up riches. He stores up stuff. Like, I'm not, but it's what's the condition of the heart? Because there is a, there's, there's no such thing as financial security. Like, that's an illusion. The only thing that can provide us security, the only thing that can provide us identity is Jesus himself. And what he provides and what he gives. And if, we, if, our, if our attention, if the soil of our heart is on all these other things. See, there was nothing wrong with that soil. The word of God was growing. It's just the word of God wasn't the only thing growing. It was all these other things too. And we are continually bombarded with seeds every day of our life. Not only seeds of what God is wanting to plant in our life, but the seeds of what this world is wanting to plant in our life, what the enemy is wanting to plant in our life, the stuff we listen to. Like, there's just all these seeds, good and bad, being thrown in our life, and we have good soil. If we're not careful, if we don't take the time and the energy to, to weed our hearts, then these other things will grow up too, and they'll choke out what God wants to do. So we want discerning hearts to know what's the Lord and know what's not, not the Lord. And that's one of the reasons that, it's, that it's Psalms 46.10 is so important is be still and know that I am God. We'll hear him, that he'll work in our lives. And so I just have a question for you this morning. Is there anything in your life that's choking the word of the Lord out? Is there anything that's just choking the word? Is there something that comes to mind right now? that The Lord's speaking that to you and he wants to address that. He wants to Weed that out of your life. And so let him, let him do that. So the fourth thing is the soil that's good, that's prepared. Verse 20 says this, others like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, and some 100 times what was sown. Good soil, prepared soil. That's the heart we want, right? We want this heart, this good soil heart. It's not just past tense that they've heard the word, but they're hearing the word. They're understanding the word, as Matthew says. Matthew's translation said, they hear the word and they understand the word, and then it bears much fruit that we will see it, that we'll have that revelation, that we'll understand it, that we will grab a hold of it. A, a few weeks ago, I was, I was talking to a, um, a lady, and she, was, she referred back to me a time, reminded me of a time, and I didn't even remember this, but we were doing EHR last fall, and this semester we're doing EHS. So that's emotionally healthy spirituality, emotionally healthy relationships. Really, the goal of those are to help us slow down long enough that we can be with God and we can be with those around us. Like, that's really what it's about. But we were in EHR, and I, I said something like, um, for there to be, uh, we have to be willing to make changes in our life for, for God to do what he wants to do. Like, for there to change to happen, we have to be willing to make changes and make room for those things. 
I can't even say it right because I don't even remember what it was exactly I said. But it sparked something in her because she was asking the Lord to show her what she needed to do. She was really praying about taking a different job. And so she was trying to discern that. And I said something like, you can't grow without being willing to make change. There, You can't grow unless you're willing to make change. And when I said that, it, because her heart was good soil, the word of the Lord came forth. Now, I thus saith God. Like, I didn't even know God was speaking through me. But I guess he was because she said that God used that. And when he used that, that, that is what gave her the confidence to know, okay, I need to change jobs. And she loves what she's doing. Uh, it's, it's different. But she said it was because of that. You see, that what, I had, what the Lord said through me, and I, again, I didn't even know I was, I could have been Balaam's donkey. Like, like I didn't know. I didn't know I was saying anything in particular. Um, but as I said that, the Lord used it. But he used it because her heart was right. Like it was prepared. It was ready. It was ready to receive a word from him of direction. And then when it did, it took root and it bore good fruit. And she's seeing that in her life. So how can I be sure God is speaking to me? How can I be sure that God is speaking to me? And I'm going to give you guys, I'm going to say it's like a filter. Okay, so as we look through things, it's a filter to kind of, um, you know, if you were to take filters of sand and you put it in and, you know, it catches the stuff that's not supposed to go through. And so I just, or I guess it go either way, whichever it is you're trying to filter. But these are just filters. And so just think about this a little bit. So how can I be sure God is speaking to me? This is hard for me to say, but I'm just going to go out here on a limb and say it, is that you can't always be 100% sure. And I think we want to always be 100% sure. And sometimes we wait to respond to what we think we hear the Lord saying until we're 100% sure. And Paul, Paul says, you know, we see in part and we know in part. He says it's like we're seeing through a, a glass dimly. Uh, the, 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 the reality of that would be like, you know, you're looking at a, a tin mirror. And you, you see the reflection. You, I, I I think that looks like Jay. I'm pretty sure that's Jay I'm looking at. But it's not real bright and it's not real crisp. Sometimes that's how it is responding to the word of the Lord. Now, I believe that we can grow in that. I believe that we can, we can develop in this of hearing him. But, but I just, I just want to encourage you that, that if we don't hear God correctly, like he's big enough to help us. Like our relationship with God and God is not so fragile that if we don't just get it all right every time, that we're just going to mess up the universe and everything's going to just, okay? And we can just relax and say, I trust you, shepherd, that you're leading me. I'm going to go for it. I may not be 100% sure every time, but most of the time, I think I can be pretty sure. And a lot of times it may be, I think so, but as you just begin to step out, as you begin to obey and respond, because hearing him always involves a response, either a belief and a promise that he's giving us, an action to take. There's always a response on our side. And so as we just decide, God, I'm just going to trust that you. I'm going to go for it. And I trust you if you're wrong. If I'm wrong, you're going to help me out. So there's two things I want to look at here. What is God saying to me? And what is God wanting to say through me? So what is God saying to me? And what is God wanting to say through me? Because God wants to talk to you, but he also wants to talk to others through you. And so I want to help you with both of that. So first one is, and I'm just going to go through these, these quickly. I think, you can, I think you'll, you'll get them, and I think you can think about them at home. 
What does God want to say to me? What's a filter? How do I know this is the Lord? How do I know I'm hearing him? The first one is scripture, right? Does it line up with the word of God? If it doesn't line up with this, whatever it is, it's not the Lord. And so does it line up with scripture? Second one is the Jesus test. Does it sound like Jesus? And we talked last week about how to hear his voice. What does his voice sound like? Does it sound like something he would say? Okay. The third thing is community. Community. Hearing Jesus in community. When, uh, when we were moving here, before we moved here, I, had, I, I came down here for a, a class. We do the unique experience, and we hope to do it again this year. If you haven't done it yet, do it. It was life-changing for me. So I, I drove down here. I left on uh, it was Mother's Day. 2019. I'm driving down here to San Antonio and I start class Monday morning. I'm staying with Ryan and Kelly at their house and, and I'm just, I'm, I'm loving unique. And as that week goes on, um, Jeremy Pummel, who had been on staff here was in the process of leaving. And Ryan began to talk to me about considering coming on staff here. And I'd sense God was doing something different in our life and ministry. We knew we were entering into a new season, but this wasn't like on my radar at all. But it just like really started connecting, and I was like, "Yeah, man, I think I think this might be the Lord." And and uh, Ryan and, I, and even our discussion, we talked about discerning uh, the voice of the Lord is like it's like you know it can be like stoplights, right? There's green, and there's yellow, and then there's red. And so we're like, "Well, until we get red, we're just gonna keep walking this out." And and I, th- I I'm gonna divert just for a second. Um, so you you know, there's two kinds of people in the world, right? There's two kinds. When people come to a yellow light, right? There's two kinds. <laughs> there's a kind that gun it. And there's a kind that stop. And if you're just trying to discern the voice of the Lord, hear the word, and you start, start getting a yellow light on something, can I just say don't be the person that guns it and tries to force it happen? If it's the Lord, you don't have to force it. It's his seed. It's his word. It's his Holy Spirit. He's the one that causes it. We just have to be receptive to respond. But we're not, we, were, we weren't getting yellow lights. We were getting green lights. We were walking through this. And so we're having this conversation. And so I text Heather. I text her and because we were in this class with like a lot. So I text her and I said, hey, Heather. It's like Ryan's talking to me about coming on staff here. just want to give you a heads up so you can be praying. And her response was so odd. She said, give me five minutes. And I knew she was at work, but I didn't know what that meant. And so five minutes later, I get a text that says, yes, let's do it. And I'm like, this is not like Heather. Like the, we were where we had raised our kids. Like this was her hometown. Like we'd been there a long time. And, and I was just, I was like, whoa. And so I call her that evening. I'm like, huh? yes, huh? She's like, yeah. She goes, I needed the five minutes to, to Zillow, the zip code. And, and, and she goes, we can afford a house there. So let's do it. You know, that was two and a half years ago. I don't know about now, but but, you know, that was, that was her, can we have a house here? And, and, and I, was like, I was like, Heather, this just doesn't sound like you at all. And this is what she said. She said, Jay, on your drive down there, the Lord, the Lord impressed upon you. know, we say we hear God, and it's like, oh, we hear God. And it's not like you hear these audible voices. She had an impression. She had a thought. She sensed the Lord telling her that I was going to get a job offer, a ministry offer, a ministry opportunity when I came down. And she didn't know it was going to be here. She didn't know if this was a gathering of pastors. Like, she didn't know the details. How many know God doesn't ever give us, like, the details? We want him to tell us everything. He doesn't tell us everything. He tells us the next thing. And, and so she just was like, yeah. So her heart was, she, her heart, her soil was, yeah. 
And so I was like, all right. So, I mean, here we are two and a half years later, but that was, his word was confirmed through community, through community. You know, uh, Ryan, um, Pastor Ryan mentioned um, Samuel earlier in the transition, and the story that he's referring to is when Samuel's a young boy, he's 11 years old. And as he is, um, so he's asleep one night, and he's woken by his, by his name, Samuel. And he's, he was, Hannah was his mom, and Hannah had dedicated him to the Lord. He had the Nazarite vow, so he was growing up in the temple. Eli the priest was raising him to be a, uh, to be a priest, to be a, to be a prophet, actually. He became a prophet. And, and so he goes to Eli. He says, Eli, you called me. And Eli goes, you know, it's like we are. I ain't called you. Go back to bed. You know, like, leave me alone. I'm trying to sleep. That happens like three times. By the third time, Eli figures it out. He's like, okay, God's trying to talk to him. And the beginning of that story, it just says the word of the Lord was rare in those days. And sometimes there's seasons of our life where the word of the Lord can be rare. And we can grow, it can become hard to hear him. Or maybe it's been a season since we've heard him. And if that's true for you, I just want to encourage you that just because it's been a while, it doesn't mean that he's not still going to talk to you. It doesn't, it just means maybe it's been a while. And the Lord does want to talk to you. And so he reaches out, he speaks, he speaks Samuel, and, uh, and he tells, Eli tells Samuel, he says, when he, next time you hear that voice says, here am I, your servant is listening. See, Samuel didn't know what the voice of the Lord, he expected, he thought it was Eli. He didn't know, he had a different expectation of what God would sound like. And so do we at times. We have a different expectation of what God will sound like. But what we all need in our life is we all need an Eli. We all need somebody that we can go to that can help us discern and hear the voice of the Lord. And so the question this morning is, who's your Eli? Who is it that's maybe a little bit ahead of you? Who is it that, you know, when I look for somebody to help me process the word of the Lord in my life, I look somebody who I look for somebody who has some bruises on them. I look for somebody who has suffered a little. I look for somebody who has some battle scars, who's lived through some stuff. Because I know they're the real, I know they're the real deal. I didn't tell this story first service, but we had, we, this is way, way, way back. But we were in ministry in, in Springfield. Same church, but the first time we were on staff there. And, and I got a call to help a church that was going through a really, 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 really rough season. And um, I was, they asked me to go help. And, and Heather and I were praying about it. We felt like the Lord wanted us to do it, knowing it would be really hard. The church was going through a pastoral transition. We were asked to come help with that. But the church didn't even know they were going through a pastoral transition yet. But we were asked to go help. And Heather was grand, grandpa was had been the was the pastor, had been the pastor. So I called one of my mentors, the guy who helped me get into ministry, and I called him and I was like, Hey, like this is what's going on. And he said, Well, let me pray about it, and I'll get back to you. And he called me back, and this is what he said. He said, He said, I'm not telling you that you shouldn't go. I'm just telling you it's gonna be hell. It's gonna be hard. And the pastor, her grandpa, he's like, he's, he even prophesied, he said, he's going to die in the middle of this because of the stress of it. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hell. But I think you're supposed to do it. And so when we did it, her grandpa died. Like it was, it was hell. It was hard. We were there for 18 months and it was so, so hard. But when it got hard, I had that word of the Lord that I knew that I had, 
Because I had somebody help me process what the Lord was saying. I had an Eli in my life. Somebody could help me hear his voice. And so when it gets, because when the word of the Lord begins to bear fruit, just as it says of the rocky soil, like there will, it will, there will be times when it comes hard to continue in the, in, the, in the direction that the Lord's giving you. And so we need to have something to hold on to. And when you're in community with people, with your dream team, with those that you do life with here at Lifehouse, it helps you hold on to what God is wanting to do in your life. And then reflection. Reflection. Let me just say one other thing about Samuel. He became so good at hearing the voice of God that it said that not one word of his ever fell to the ground, which means as a prophet, he was 100% right all the time. Eli went from, I mean, Samuel went from not even knowing how to discern the voice of the Lord, not even knowing it's God, to 100% right every time in his prophecies. Man, that just shows we can grow in how we hear the Lord. And then... Um, Reflection, let it germinate in your heart. Soak in prayer and word and worship and silence and praying in the spirit. That's him, what he's giving to us. And then through me, when God wants to speak through you. First of all, is it affirming? Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 14, uh, words that we give others, encouragement we give others, they're to be encouragement, they're to edify, they're to build up, they're to strengthen. So is it affirming? It could even, there, there are times where there's even some correction, but it's always affirming. It's always in the spirit of affirmation. So it's affirming. It's always affirming. Biblical. Is it biblical? Is it in the whole counsel of God? Is it Christ-like? Does it sound like something Jesus would say? Is it Christ-like? And then here's, here's, a, here's, here's, here's one that I live with, is what's the worst case scenario test? Aren't I a great man of faith? <laughs> I'm not. Okay, God, if I share this, what's the worst case scenario? You know, typically, the worst case scenario is not going to be that bad. Typically, the worst case scenario, the Lord gives you a verse for somebody or you have a word of encouragement for somebody. Usually, worst case scenario is it doesn't mean something to them at the time, or maybe you just look a little silly. Okay, I can live with that. The Bible says the foolish things of the world confound the wise. I can be a little silly for Jesus. I can... People probably think I'm silly anyway, so like we're not, I won't be that far off. So, but what's the worst case scenario? Now, if you're telling somebody to quit their job and move across country, man, that could be, there could be a worst case scenario with that. Like you got to bounce that off some people. Like you got to, that's not just quick, something you just do. But in the most of the, I think, I think that just kind of takes some of the fear out. If God wants to use you to speak to somebody else, what's the worst case scenario? And I want to give you guys I don't know. I don't know if training wheels is the right word, but how I began to grow in my ability to just share what I feel like the Lord's given me for others, the way I began to grow in that is by praying Scripture over people. Is, is, is Just ask the Lord, say, Lord, help me to encourage people. Help me to strengthen. Give me words for somebody. And then just ask him for a verse. Now, you got to have this in you, right? Like if you don't, because this whole deal... That's low percentage. I'll just tell you, I've tried it. It's low percentage. It's, it's when we have it in here, he's able to bring it up. You know, what's in the well comes up in the bucket, right? And so, yeah, I know, I'm a, I'm a country guy. So, so begin to pray scripture over people and just begin to pray what you feel like the Lord's giving you. And that will help you grow in that. And it seems a lot less risky. So the Lord wants to speak to you, and the Lord wants to speak through you. Next steps, and then conclusion. These are the next steps. 
Be in the Bible. Ask Jesus to talk to you. Ask him. Ask him to talk to you. Slow down in silence and solitude. Pray in the Spirit. I don't have that one on there, but it's important. Pray in the Spirit. And then respond to what you hear. Go for it in Jesus and trust him for the outcome. Just respond to what you hear and go for it. Would you pray with me?